0: Welcome to LaRouge Rouge Rugby Podcast, home of the Mike Shepherd's Beard Fan Club. My name is Dan Murphy, and with me today is our man of the match, Derek Brissett of Layman Sports. Derek, how's it going, buddy? I
1: uh, can't complain, man. Yourself?
0: Good. Have you have you gotten over the euphoria of, of uh, following and covering a playoff team?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's fun. It's always I like I like writing articles, so hopefully, I get to write at least two more game <laughs> recaps.
0: Yeah, there you go. You gotta get as much content out there as possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. It makes it, it makes it easier to create content when the team's playing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's all always good. I'm not sure what any of the Austin elite bloggers are doing right now. But...
0: <laughs> the the yeah, they're they're uh, probably starting their Austin actually you know, earlier. I
1: was gonna say actually they they have a they have a coaching change to cover it though, so that's funny.
0: Yeah, that's true. They Organizationally, they have a lot to talk about and where that's going to go. Yeah. So, yeah, that will be very interesting to see what they write about. So, uh, we're going to get started right away. We have uh, a couple of things to talk about. So, we're going to try and keep this episode a little shorter than the last one. A uh, lot to talk about last time. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about uh, was the Arrows played at Glendale. And it kind of seems like it was a while ago, but uh, it actually wasn't. But, so... That game was just a kind of clinical domination on Toronto's behalf. Uh, you know, in, in uh, Derek's uh, write-up about the about the game, which you can uh, find at Layman Sports, you know, he had a quote from Mike Shepard that said, you know, "Our scrum dominated," and that really was kind of all you really need to say about it. You know, tries were scored by uh, Morgan Mitchell, Gaston Merez uh, twice, uh, Campbell, Ferguson, and Tom Van Horn with Malcolm making uh, almost all the conversions there. Uh, Glendale uh, responded uh, with a try from uh, Dennis Sheezen and DeCruz. So it was a very, very uh, strong showing from the Arrows uh, pack. And uh, Derek, who is someone that you watched uh, of that game that was your man of the match?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, other than like, I mean, clearly the like the pack and the scrum was the reason that they won that game. Um but I, I also thought uh, watching that game. I thought that was probably Andrew Ferguson's best game of the season. Uh he like, you know, he was the one that set up Mirez for uh, both of his tries. Um with the pack uh with the pack being as dominant as they were in the scrum, he was doing a really great job of you know, dis- distributing the ball to guys like, especially, uh, like you said, to guys like Murez that were able to immediately punch a hole right through the defense. Um, obviously, too, you know, he uh, decided to call his own number there in the second half and picked up a try of his own as well. Um, but, you know, through, like, that was pretty much, um, ultimately, I felt like the game against Glendale was pretty much as close as you can get to playing a perfect rugby game. Um and uh, like the, the arrows, really did couldn't do anything wrong in that game. Um, nobody's ever played a perfect rugby game, so getting as close as you can possibly get is pretty damn good. Um, and uh, yeah, I, thought, I just thought it was definitely Ferguson's best game. And considering he, you know, was directly involved in the creation of pretty of nearly every try, at, you know, I'll, I'll pass him the uh, the man of the match for this one.
0: Yeah, he had a, he had a strong showing, and again. I think you made a good point. When a team has possession of the ball for <clears throat> a good period of the time, you want your nine playing at his best. And uh, I do agree with you. He played very well. And Riley DiNardo played uh, pretty well as well. I think he had a good game too. But Ferguson played really oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, my man of the match, uh, I think, has to come down to, uh, you, like you said, the scrum played, uh, had a big, big role in this game. I think uh, Campbell playing the number eight jersey, he had a really strong game. Uh, offensively it's funny as as the season has come on and he's had more opportunities uh, playing uh, they've given him more uh, carries and I think that uh, this game and, and, and Rooney, the Rooney game as well uh, he showed that he can be a, an effective ball carrier and also on the defensive side of the ball he really strong showing a, a couple of really really big tackles um, and you know he was rewarded this game with, with a try so he played I think he played a very, very strong game and the eight man up until he showed up was kind of a rotating door of, of players, you know, Marcelo Wainwright had a turn Jack May, before he got, you know, uh, down with injury, Lucas Rumball uh, you know, every, there, there's been a few different players yeah. that have kind of taken that, that position um, Colby Francis as well. He played fairly, very well uh, at the beginning of the season in the eight man spot. So, you know, I think, uh, Campbell's kind of made that spot his own and, you know, when, when you're a player of his caliber playing for the national team, you know, that's kind of expected, but, uh, I've been very impressed with his play, especially in the last few weeks when the games have meant so much. So, uh, kudos to him for having, having a, having a strong game. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's been great. Like you said, though, it's like all the forwards were amazing in that game, um, also shout out to uh Aaron Carpenter's lineouts. Uh they went perfect in that game. Nice solid one hundred percent. So um, you know, it's it, if you're not it, if you're not losing any set pieces and you're not uh, you know, and you're the you got the back line executing the attack well and stuff, it's like you're gonna it's uh you're gonna start running up a lot of tries on teams. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, the, the, it, there's really there's really no negative to say about this game. It was just yeah, like if you can come up one with one, you're probably just nitpicking and digging for yeah. something cause it was, yeah, like that was just it was a basically a near near flawless game. But.
0: Yeah, and you know it's funny that you mentioned Aaron Carpenter. You know, I wonder what it's like for some of these guys because I know you know I'm 26, so I'm assuming that some of these guys are around my age that are on the arrows and uh, yeah, yeah. to have Aaron Carpenter as a coach. I mean, when I was playing high school rugby, my high school coach brought up you know clips of 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 making important tackles. And Aaron Carpenter was the one guy that he always liked yeah. to show us. So to have, you know, Canada's most capped player as one of your coaches now must be such a surreal feeling for some of these guys. So it just shows the, 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 the leadership team really scouted some important coaches that, that really have helped this team develop. Uh, and especially guys like, like, uh, you know, uh, Milazzo and, and uh, some of the younger guys that have been playing for the blues, but now have an opportunity to kind of, Work with these, you know, higher tier coaches. It's, it must be, a, you know, an awesome experience for them. Wainwright as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, like yeah, no, like you said, you know, it's uh, most capped uh, player in Canadian history, and uh, yeah, like yeah, like he would be, you know, the uh, you said your coach showed him like, your your coach would show you guys like clips of him like making tackles and stuff, and it's like yeah, he's the defense coach for a reason. Um, yeah, he's pretty good at it uh so yeah to coach uh line outs and stuff like yeah so the yeah i would imagine it's pretty cool for a lot of those guys he did coach at mac before so i think there's a handful of guys oh, okay so, yeah there's a few mcmaster guys before. there um but yeah but at the, that doesn't really take away from anything on, uh, of your statement there but uh yeah the arrows coaching staff uh i mean i know we gotta we gotta get into the uh the rooney game here but um you know, following that game that was just that was all the arrows players seemed to want to talk about it was how great their coaches were, um, especially in the preparation leading up to that game. So um, between you know uh, Winneker Silverthorne uh, Smith Hector um, like they've uh, like uh, and Carpenter, uh Lozada, like everybody on that staff has he's been, has been uh, doing a pretty stellar job this season, especially in the uh, the second half with the uh, playoff push here.
0: That's for sure. Um, one other thing to talk about this game before we move on to the Rooney game is uh, if anyone was watching the game, you, they noticed that uh, the uh, Arrows had uh, special kits for the uh, weekend. Uh, they had uh, hashtag Ruck, Ruck Cancer kits that were uh, fundraising for um, a pretty, pretty important uh, campaign, uh, you know, Rugby Fighting Cancer. Um, they raised over $8,000 uh, um, from auctioning those jerseys off. So a really, really awesome little uh little story to kind of finish off what was already a great weekend for the Arrows. Um so the next weekend, uh the Arrows had their most important game of the season, uh versus Rugby United New York. Derek, do you wanna give a quick recap of kind of what you saw and what happened in that game?
1: Uh yeah. So uh rugby united New York, so game got off to a bit of a slow start there for the Arrows in the opening ten minutes. Um, with uh, New York pretty much controlling all of the territory possession in that game, they uh, they managed to work the ball uh, all the way down their back line. Mike St. Uh, Mike St. Clair, excuse me, Mike St. Clair uh, punched in the, the try at the end there, um, just to uh, you know to open the score and get them on the board. They had, uh, they went up seven nothing after the first seven minutes of the game, um, but Toronto kind of started to uh, started to sort of their way back after um the you know they started to pin pin new york pretty deep in their uh in their own end um the uh backs had a few really nice counter attacks that ultimately like fell short within you know within about <sighs> five meters of the line or or uh, like just about five minutes from the line or just right on the line um Dan, Dan Moore uh, of uh, uh Leandro Livas and Spencer Jones worked one really nice counterattack that Jones's offload to McKenzie at the end just couldn't quite connect on. Um, but eventually the they but eventually the arrows were able to break through on that uh, with Moore and Jones picking up two tries in pretty quick succession, five minutes apart. Um, the, yeah, uh, the arrows I thought played, uh, played really well in the, the second half too. Although the second half did also start kind of slow, especially with John Quill uh, making that interception there. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's an interception try. So this was another game where the, uh, the defense played really well. Um, you know, they only like really gave up that one, like they only really gave up one try. Uh, John mm-hmm. Quill's interception was like that, you know, once, once he had it in his hand, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, um, it's, just, uh, it's just a bad pass, which is, you know, just an unfortunate play. It's, um, but uh, they came back. Um, obviously, the, uh, you know, Andrew Ferguson, too, had another, another clutch play, uh, caught the, um, you know, caught the Rooney defense kind of napping on a quick penalty there as they were uh, talking to the ref. And, you know, he was able to tap it off his foot and dive across the line. And obviously we all know how the, uh, how the game ended there with the uh, arrows did a really good job. Uh, They won their line out. Um, They they were able to uh, set up, uh, you know, set up some number of phases as they kind of marched up the field there. Once they kind of got to around 10, 10 meters out, they started to work the ball back toward the middle of the field, uh, which allowed Malcolm to drop back. Um, And uh, he made no mistake on the drop goal there. So, probably the biggest play individual play of the Arrow's season. Um, it's the arrows first drop goal of the season. Um, they only, uh, started implementing a drop goal into the, um, into their attacking scheme about three weeks ago. Um, so it's nice to see, I guess that they, uh, you know, the coaches, I guess, uh, kind of anticipated that, you know, they, they might, uh, they might be in a position where they, uh, they need to do that. Um, so, uh, um, yeah so it was uh, it was great to see that that actually paid off it was a really well executed play as well yeah. um so uh yeah like there was you can't really you can't really ask for uh, for too much more out of out of out of Sam Malcolm at this point he has uh, he's done everything all year um yeah what's well, uh,
0: interesting about that about that drop goal is it was the second drop goal converted this year and there have been only mm-hmm. five players that had attempted uh, drop goals at all this year. So it, yeah. it was it was rare for the arrows, but even more rare for the league proper.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who who had the other drop goal?
0: Uh, Peterson from uh San okay, Diego, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe. I think he 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 was one for two, and then uh Malcolm was one for one, and everyone else. I think Eloth from Nola and someone yeah, else had had a, he try
1: it. he must tried one as well. Uh, yeah, I think he must tried one, but um. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a very, it's a very rare play in Major League Rugby, and uh, but I mean that's also like I said though, like the arrow said they they implemented the drop goal play about three weeks ago, so it's like they might not have even, you know, in all the games leading up to that, they probably didn't even you know think about doing it or like even crossing yeah. mind, actually attempting it because that's what uh, cause it sounds like uh Smith and Hector just recently added it during the uh, the playoff push here and. You know, it definitely paid off, so uh it was a good
0: move. Yeah. So uh just found the the stat of the drop goal. Malcolm was one for one, uh mm-hmm. Joe Peterson was one for three, Ben Sema over okay. for two, Elof over for two, um Sam Windsor over for one and Matt Turner was over for one. Okay. So only two people in the league um but yeah uh i was uh i was at this this game live so uh i was able to go to the first home game uh, at york against uh nola and i was able to go to this one the last home game against uh new york and it was a really really uh exciting game to watch it was i took my dad to it and it's his first professional rugby game live uh so he really enjoyed his time um shout out to the crowd there you know record crowd for the arrows but it was a really uh, welcoming crowd. Uh, you know, uh, there was, there was a, a group of guys sitting behind me and uh, one gentleman was Irish and he had just come over to Canada a few months ago to work and he was looking for a rugby club and everyone around him was, you know, giving him tips and, and you know, Oh, well this, this club plays here, this club plays there. So it was really nice to see a lot of camaraderie in the crowd as well, which was really nice. Uh, beautiful day and uh, really, Yeah, Derek. Who is your man of the match for the game? I I, th- I think I, I kind of know already, but who is, who did you see make the most uh, immediate impact for the team?
1: Uh, yeah, I think um, for my man of the match in the uh, the Rooney game here, it's uh, it's Sam Malcolm. It's you know, it's uh, it's tough sometimes I feel to pick man of the match that isn't Sam Malcolm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, Once I mean, regardless of what you do for. The, uh, the, the other, like, you know, 75 minutes, the second you make that, you know, the absolutely monstrous clutch drop goal uh, to put your team up with, with three minutes to play um, is, uh, yeah, that you you get the man of the match with a play like that. It's just, uh, just how it works sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, I mean, the only <laughs> other guy I can think of is uh, I think Dan Moore had a strong game again. Uh, yeah, Dan, Dan
1: More had a great game. Yes, you Absolutely. know, sco-
0: scored a, a an incredible try with some help from uh, Levas, and then also just uh, was really strong with a lot of really uh, important tackles. Um, that yeah. that chase that uh, part the the Grubber chase from Parfait also was a big play that kind of stuck Rooney into that end that kind of set everything up for the for the drop goal. So I think he had a pretty strong game as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think. Dan Moore's defensive ability is a little bit of an underrated part of his game. Sometimes uh, he's uh, you know, he's like really solid, uh, you know, even the week, uh, the week before against Glendale, like John Ryberg couldn't do anything against them. Oh like yeah. A good in the league. Um, and uh, yeah, so he, he's done a great job. Um, you know, the first, the first game of the season against NOLA, the arrows kind of got, you know, they were, uh, you know, they, Nola was able to score a lot of tries out wide, and mm-hmm. um, over the fourth of the year, the arrows uh, <coughs> really cleaned that up. And uh, the wingers in the past, the wingers especially in the past, like you know, three four games as the uh, season winds down, and they keep kept the winning streak going. Have, yeah, uh, locked in some pretty solid defense. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys have been getting hit into touch lately. Um, there's a you know the there's always lighter Malazzo. Or, uh, you know, Wayne Wright or any of the other, you know, back row or Campbell as well that mm-hmm. always seemed also to, uh, you know, put a solid, like, two-man tackle on them. Yeah. um yeah, You know, but the the wingers have been, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh Moore had a few really nice uh, one-on-one tackles against Foden. Um, yes. In that game, too. So, uh yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, if only he if only Deadmore uh was the one that actually made that drop goal, then he could have my man in the
0: match
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know I don't know one. what
0: his boot I don't know what his boots like. I don't know if I uh if I if I trust him just for that, but uh that, <laughs> that's that's fine. Um so now yeah, we're gonna look uh, at now we're gonna look at uh the arrows next uh next game, which is their their playoff game uh mm-hmm. versus Seattle. Uh it mm-hmm. will be in Seattle at uh 9 p.m. local time uh, uh, and it will be on um, Game TV. That was kind of uh, people were kind of questioning because uh, you know, CBS Sports kind of takes those those games and doesn't let uh, anyone else have it, but by luck of yeah. the draw, thankfully we're going to be able to watch it on Game TV. Um, who do you mm-hmm. think is going to have an impact uh, for both teams? I think it's important to mention that Seattle really is that Seattle slash BC team. So we do have a little bit of a you know kind of draw towards them. So who do you think's gonna have an impact for both teams?
1: Yeah, the uh yeah exactly. Uh there's a lot of like West Coast guys definitely on uh on Seattle. But uh yeah I think I think for the arrows I would still like talk about all year it's it's the playoffs and um you know when it comes to the playoffs it's like your best players gotta be your best players in the most important games of the season. Uh, so I obviously you know guys like Sam Malcolm need to make a huge impact. Uh, however, the front row, the scrum, um, Seattle also has a really good scrum as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brower, Mitchell, Quatrone, Shepherd, Cellini, um, and then whoever they start in the back row between Wainwright <coughs> uh, and Campbell there, they're all going to have to be you know put in monster games as well. Um, I'm basically sounding like I'm about to list off the entire team for the Toronto Arrows. <laughs> um but 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 that's that's pretty much what it has to be. You know, it's gotta be the yeah. you know, the full team effort. Um, you know, like you said, uh Dan Moore has to have another great game. Uh just yeah, because it is the playoffs and you know the 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 room for error is a lot smaller. Um this is you're actually you're at the point now thinking you know, one mistake send you guys home. And uh, it's gonna it's gonna be the exact same thing for Seattle. You're gonna need, you know, they're gonna want to have uh, Brock Stoller to have a massive game. They're gonna want their front rows having a massive
0: game out. Yeah. In the
1: in massive game, um, Manu Samoa. I think they're gonna probably look to,
0: uh,
1: you know, it's like that's this is exactly the type of thing that they brought in guys like Samoa and for yeah. us to beef them up for the playoff run. Um, yeah. So definitely, you definitely be looking towards those guys. Um, as well, uh, as well, um, Ben Sima I think, is going to be uh, be a critical element of the game for them, especially being matched up against Sam Malcolm at
0: fly half. Yeah. Um, well, we saw but, we saw what his what the impact of not having Seema on the field was when Seattle played the arrows last time. Uh, you know, JP yeah, and... Smith had a very very tough time uh, competing mm-hmm. with Malcolm, especially when going to the boot. I mean, a lot of his kicks were going out and not not as far as he wanted to. So. You know, a lot of Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: they also had uh they also had some of those weird uh that one uh that one like kick to the sidelines where he put it just into the in goal area of the arrows yeah. and they tapped it to bring it out too. Which yeah. uh, was kind of just a bizarre play that you don't really see uh ever happen in pro rugby. But yeah. Uh but yeah, so yeah, having seema back, um not so much having Seema back. They've obviously had Seema back for a while. I think pretty, I think he might have only missed that arrows game. Um, but, you know, Ben Seaman versus Sam Malcolm is going to be a very critical matchup, especially in, you know, controlling the territory possession where the game is actually being played right now. Right. Um, Malcolm's been doing a really good job of, you know, putting the Arrows in the right parts of the park, especially at the, uh, the key moments in the game. And it, you know, even against Rooney last week, the Arrows kind of got off to a bit of a of a slower start, giving up the early try and all that. But you know, once they bounced back, and then like the middle part of that game was pretty much played just like in the middle of the field. Um, so it's like the arrows didn't really give up too many like big, uh big uh, offensive opportunities. Uh, yeah. Against. Um, like I said, the the John Quill's try was an interception. Once the ball's in his hands, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. It's not like mm-hmm. he can really defend it once he's already on his way to the the uh, the scoring that try, but. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, depends on, you know, if, you know, every penalty, you got to try to get, you know, put, uh, get the ball out into touch as far down the line as you possibly can. Um, because, uh, you know, Seema's going to be able to do the, the same thing coming back the other way too. So, um, yeah. it, uh, that, that, that's, uh, that's one of the matchups I look for being key to. Yeah. Um, it's also going to be two of the best scrums in the league going head to head. Um, so yes, that should always be interesting as well.
0: Yeah, I've got, I've got two matchups that will be really, really interesting. Um, I think uh, the one person that might have a big impact for the Seawolves is Brad Tucker. Uh, he's had an incredible season. Uh, he's been on eight of the uh, MLR uh, first 15s teams. You know, he, he led the league in tackles with 242 and coming just in second behind his teammate, record hatting with carries with 171. So, you know, he has had a big impact for the Seawolves um, with the defensive and the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, they are really uh, going to see him. I don't know if they're going to have him playing lock. He's played lock. He's also played flank. So yeah. either way, he is going to be a important part of their offense and defense. Um, I think the person that – and I, I'm not going to say that they're going to have an impact, but they will need to make an impact, is uh, the centers for Toronto. uh. Spencer mm-hmm. Jones and uh Giuseppe Droit because they're gonna be playing against uh a strong uh centers uh uh that uh is gonna offer. And you know, whether that's George Barton and Shalom Soniola or Rosalika, or um if they decide to shift um Hassler in center. I know he played center or outside center for the Ospreys. You know, there's a lot of different moving pieces that Seattle can throw at them and especially with George Barton who's just a giant ginger beast uh they're going to have to be at the top of their game not only to be able to use their speed because they're both very fast players so if they can use that speed against Barton can be effective but at the same time on the defensive side of the ball they need to make sure they're making their tackles because that guy's big uh so I think that that will be something that is going to be a big impact mm-hmm. um now this is always an impossible thing but I am going to ask you what do you think the final score of the game will be?
1: Ooh, yeah, that's uh that's a tough one. Uh that's the one thing. It's like uh all the time it's like every time I write these uh all these uh the game previews and stuff I never put like a score prediction in it because I'm like you know it could just be it's like it's no no one's score is ever right. I know am putting right. you on the spot. Nope, yeah, I'm, nobody I'm nobody you... ever no one ever guesses the score exactly. Um yeah. Yeah, no, this is going to be this is going to be tight though. Uh it's the team that wins will win by less than seven. Um so uh I'm going to go Arrows win. Let's say 24-21.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh it's going to be really close. I think it's it's real I think it's going to come down to like a like a misconversion like like a 2 point yeah. difference. So I'm going to go with 14 to 12 for Toronto. I think it's going to be oh. it's going to be a really tight defensive game. I think that that's what it's going to come down to. There we I go. think it's going to be really really so close. So you know what
1: so you know what's going to happen now? 57-56. Yeah, it's
0: going to be an absolute yeah. slaughterhouse cuz I yeah. cuz the world the rugby world likes to prove me wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's like it won't. Yeah, it'll also be close. It'll just be the highest scoring it's game just of the be year. High
0: scoring. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. That's because we both were like, yeah, the defenses will play good, and then the scrums will be like really tight. This is going to be such a tightly played game, and then it'll just yeah. it'll be a Watts shootout. They'll have like time. a
0: typical. They'll have a typical like Seattle rain, and like the, the it'll just be a gong show. Thank yeah. goodness they play yeah. on turf, so it wouldn't be like grass. <laughs> Um, yeah, so exactly. one thing that now that the regular season is over, um, I quickly mm-hmm. wanted to kind of see, and we all—I only want to do just an individual uh, for the arrows. Who do you think someone that's that has uh, improved over the season as it's gone along? Um, um, yeah, I think I think
1: a number of guys uh, you can definitely say have have improved. Um. I think uh, when you look at the, the, you know, the outlook here of the Canadian national team, level, I think Dan Morris probably played his way onto the team. Um, similarly, Rob Brower, um, like, I honestly have no idea how Rob Brower is not on team Canada at this point. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard because, yeah,
0: you, you know, you got, uh, you got him, you've got uh, Hubert Biden's Justice Sears duo. Mm-hmm. Like we have been, as Canadian MLR fans, been treated to some strong, loosehead props yeah. this year at, uh, but, in MLR, and but Brower, you know, how can you not give him that opportunity? Yeah,
1: I, I like I'm not I'm not trying to like knock, uh, you know, Sears Drew or Biden's play at all or anything, but like Brower has, no. in my mind, has clearly been the best of the three of them.
0: Yeah, so, I agree with you. Um,
1: so like I think you know, which is something that I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure I would have. You know, heading into the season, I'm not sure I would have been like, you know, Rob Brower deserves to wear the number one jersey in Japan. And, you know, after this MLR season, I'm like, he probably probably deserves to wear the number one jersey in Japan. Um, So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I like that. uh, I think he's the one that kind of sticks up the most just as, you know, the, you know, like the actual like magnitude of how much he's improved has kind of, I think you know, change the outlook on, like, some of the guys that you are going to take to the national team. Um, yeah. Like, in a major way. Um, I think, too, uh, Peter Malazzo, too, You uh, sh- definitely should at least get a sh- get a look for yeah. that World Cup team. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you have some other back row players coming in, like uh, Tyler Ardron, which uh, might might make it a little bit more difficult depending on where, yeah. uh, where they want to play Ardron at the World Cup. Um, might which might make it a little bit more difficult for him to actually crack that lineup. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely deserves a look. Um, he should be, you know, get 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 that guy like a couple of the uh, you know Pacific Nation Cup games or you know that game against Leinster or something like. Let him, let him, yeah, you know, let let him at least have a sh- like p- play him just to at least like you know give him a shot at making that team. I think. Um, and, uh, cause I mean, he's, he's been one of the arrow's best players all season. So, um, well, I think it, he's it's definitely f- a look too.
0: It's funny cause he was the guy that I wanted to, to mention, you know, he, it, it's funny, you know, I was going through the lineups from the start of the season on and he's been the, you know, consi- one of the con- most consistent pieces in the lineup. And I, you know, from the start of the season on, mm-hmm his game has evolved. You know, he had a very, at the start of the game, start of the season, you know, we all knew what his defensive aspects were and how strong he was on that side of the ball. But as you know, the year year has gone on, he's brought along some more ball carrying abilities. And I think it's more just, just a comfort level, you know, guys like yeah. him and Andrew quatran have been calling for the ball more and been more aggressive. And especially in the rucks, uh, he's been such a valuable piece to the arrows and, um, I I do think that he's got a more difficult road to the World Cup than some of the other guys we mentioned but I, I agree with you I do think he deserves at least a look somewhere along the lines so there's got to be yeah. some way that you know he, he deserve get another look because he has played He deserves well. to,
1: Yeah he, he deserves to play a game for Canada before the World Cup and if that game goes well he might be able to like, work his way onto the team um for the actual World Cup or maybe be a part of the extended squad that goes to the World Cup um, and the thing but... is,
0: too, is they're they're basically going to be bringing almost two teams, mm-hmm. um, because some of their games are so close to each other, be- and and yeah. so you know they they're, they're going to have to figure that out somehow. That yeah. they're, they're going to have to bring more than more than just one yeah, team.
1: The, the nature of the World Cup sometimes, but also like the other thing for Malazzo too is he's an absolute monster in the lineout. Um, yeah, you no know, he. Yeah, like and that, I think that, he, that's been he's either that's second or Canadian... first in deals and takes too. And so like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you need, um, so it's like he he's like, his, his plays definitely, you know, again, it's, it's earned him a look. Uh, I'm not sure if I, you know, would have him locked into the team quite yet. Like I'm confidently saying Brower is going to like Brower should be the starting prop. On Canada, yeah. but I'm uh, starting loose head prop on Canada, so I, yeah. I don't feel like I'm ready to confidently, <coughs> just, you know, declare that about Milazzo, But you know he yeah. he should I be in it. the mix for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the last thing we're going to talk about uh, is the uh, under twenty qualifier uh, between Canada and the U.S. Uh, Canada ended up winning the game forty-four to thirty-three. What in what was? just uh, HSA- eight fun game to watch that's for sure uh, people kind of forgot about what defense was in this game that's for sure but it was a really good game to watch and uh, kind of see the stars in the future of Canada rugby uh, play um, tries are scored by Avery Oideman who if you're an Arrows fan you're used to this guy um, Richard one of the other wingers uh, scored a, a try as well uh, Will Percier Percier Perciel, Percier I, I believe Percier uh, scored two tries in the game one of them which was just a highlight reel try between him and Oiteman uh Quinn Nagati who um is just a, a beast of a player scored two tries and then Casey also scored a try uh after a strong play from uh, Brock Webster um you know this game was it was all tr- all Canada for the first uh bit of the game and then um you know had a 20 nothing lead after 21 minutes uh, but the All-Americans kind of got back on the board and after the break, you know, with 47 minutes played, they were able to storm back and uh, take the lead 28 to 25. But uh Quinnagli had two tries after dominant scrums uh to kind of take the lead and Canada kind of just kept their pace there. Uh you know, they they scored uh the US scored one more try to get it a little mm-hmm. bit closer, but uh Canada was able to keep that 11 point uh difference. I saw a lot of people complain about the defense and, and the only thing I can say about this is you got to remember this, this is a, um, this is a game where they they want to try to score as many points. Uh, you know, they they qualify yes. based on your score after the two games. So I understand people's frustration that they let the Americans come back into this game, but one, these guys aren't playing and practicing consistently. They've only been with, with each other for the past three weeks. And also they're young, I mean defense is is hard hard to you know come by, and for some of these guys it it's just gonna happen that they're gonna have high scoring games but uh Derek who was someone that you saw in this match that was uh that was a really big performer
1: uh yeah i think i'll uh I'll stick with, i think uh to start anyway, so I'll see who you talk about in a second too, but I think the to for to start here I'll keep it with the slight arrows focus here. Um so yeah, uh Avery Oideman I thought had a, had a really good game. Uh he's playing full back um instead of wing, which he typically does with the arrows and typically has done throughout uh his career here. Um and uh I thought yeah, and he uh he made the, he scored that one uh, one really nice try. Um for you know, everyone's saying that uh you know that uh Will Priscillier's try was such an amazing like individual effort and run, but you know, the play that Oiteman makes to actually get Priscilla yeah. the ball before he takes off on that run. Basically, like, diving to keep it in play, diving backwards to actually, yes. you know, scoop the ball up and get it to Priscilla. is a pretty amazing play, too. Um, and then, obviously, Priscilla, uh, you know, did the rest on that. Um, but, uh, which I, I was an the, amazing I try.
0: Noticed, but... I noticed in the broadcast it was slightly BC... Uh, bias going on, so they didn't really want to give <laughs> Oiteman as much of a you know they didn't really talk a whole lot about the arrows and the impact that they've been having on the on the game a lot or anything like that. So I did notice that there was a little bit of not I'm not going to say anti not BC bias, but they're definitely the commentating did kind of sort towards oh well, let's co- you know let's compliment our BC guys because they had a really strong showing. Yeah. And, but- I mean, that,
1: that could just be too. Like if the, like, you know, commentators being from BC, they probably just seen oh, the guys and more, I mean, more and
0: I know more. And they both were, and they know the guys, right? They, they, they watch the yeah, guys all the it's, time. They know. It's,
1: it's a lot easier to talk about, like, the players that you constantly watch than it is to talk oh, yeah. about, like, you know, depending on how many Arrows games or whatever they've actually seen this year and stuff, right? Like it's...
0: yeah. Oh, you know,
1: I know. Even, uh, Again, even, I know, even like myself, it's like, you know, like I don't, you know, it's like there's, you know, MLR teams that I watch a lot less than other MLR teams. And it's, that's for sure. You know, so it's like, if it, it's, if you don't constantly watch them, you'll kind of lean to like not talk about them. Well,
0: you got to know what you got to talk in about here. what you know. I know. I, I, know yeah. just, I, I agreed with you that, that he was kind of an unsung player in that game.
1: Yeah. And, um, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think, you know, he had a really good game. Um, I think, you know, uh, if – I think I like him better as a winger than at fullback. And I don't – like, he, if he maybe develops his – like, his kicking game a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, he could – yeah, I think, he, like, he might become, like, a legitimate fullback threat. But I think for the time yeah. being, I like him at winger a little bit more. Um, especially, like, if he's coming back to the Arrows, you know, when you got Theo Sauter, Gaston here has – here, like, there's yeah. no reason that he should be playing. Yeah, it'll, back. Be, it'll
0: be – with that South American League starting, it'll be hard to see if Gaston and and Leandro stay. Um, but, yeah. They want to come back. Do they? Oh, good. Yeah,
1: they, they yeah. want to come back, yeah. Um. um
0: yeah. yeah, but uh, I agree with you. I think that uh, – and I think it was uh, Brian Ray who, who commented on the same thing that you just said, that, you know, his kicking game wasn't the strongest – and maybe that's because he's been playing predominantly winger. So yeah. if that's a project that Rugby Canada wants to get into, I I fully support it. But I think with Esa yeah, only being twenty three, yeah, uh, and, I'm not
1: I'm not saying it was like his kicking game was like abysmal or anything. No, it's just, no, no, it's, no. It just you know if he's if he's gonna be a fullback, he needs to <coughs> he just you need to work on it more. Um, if he's gonna be a winger, maybe you focus on like some more winger. Like winger-oriented things, but um, yeah. But like, if he if he's got to play fullback, he's got to develop that side of his game yeah. a little bit more, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. He's only nineteen, so no. yeah, there's uh, plenty of I think that's the thing plenty too of work is, and things to to be done all around.
0: That's the thing is like I, uh, you know, we saw him playing against men all season, and, and you know, we mentioned that he was nineteen, but now that he's actually with his peers, it's like, right, he is only nineteen. He still has a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think that's probably maybe why they wanted to experiment with him at fullback is kind of see is like hey maybe this is this is something that we can work on later on. Yeah, um, exactly. yeah. My my man, a man of the match um, was a player that I thought made a big impact, especially near the end of the game. Uh, uh, Quentin Aguadi is someone that I've watched uh, not only as a Union player, but you know we we I watched him play uh, at, with the Wolfpack. You know, he's another guy. I mean, all last season, he was in the UK playing uh, league. Like, he wasn't with the Wolfpack for all season. He was work- playing for, yeah. other, for um, the London Scholars, and he was playing against men. You know, guys that were very, very big and, and, and strong and, and knew the game. So, you know, it really showed in this game that he had a physical difference um playing against uh, the U.S. And, and some of the other centers that he was lined up against. Mm-hmm. And you also saw it – I saw it earlier in the year when he was playing for the under-27s team as well. Um, he was just – there was a definite size difference, and he used it to his advantage in this game, whether it was on the offensive side of the ball with his two tries. I mean, his first try, he just chucked through like three guys. And yeah. it was very, very impressive. But he also made a lot of really strong hits as well um, near the end of the game when uh, – when the uh, Americans were starting to really kind of push, push ahead. So uh, kudos to him for having a strong game. Um, I think he, he really, really made an impact. It'll be interesting to see what his path is in terms of rugby. You know, will he want to play in the MLR? Will he want to try and push for the sevens program? you know he's a guy who's got a bright future ahead of him and it was it, it was it was an interesting decision to see him go from the Wolfpack. i know he wanted to go to school to get his aviation uh, uh i believe that's what he was trying to uh, going for but uh yeah it, it, it's it's a boon for rugby Canada, that's for sure
1: yeah yeah no it's uh yeah he definitely looks really good i think uh, like you said i think that you know, that uh that time in the league, uh league being at that high level too. So training with the other Wolfpack players and stuff probably, you know, helped develop that and you know, helped them you know, probably helped them like be able to like, you know, shred some tackles and stuff too. Um yeah. He's clearly yeah, like you said, he's he's clearly one of the bigger guys on the field even as a center. Um, so you know, it's uh it's it is it's great to see. It's good to see too that, you know, uh to, like I don't know, it's it's good to see him kind of back with the uh, with the national team actually you know playing and stuff too Cause I know like you know being being on the Wolfpack, he didn't really get a ton of playing time to send him down no. to division three um well, so it's you know I it's also... nice to see him actually you know getting some reps in in the games here and you know hopefully uh you know if so, maybe uh like yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do, but maybe if you know some spots in union open up pro it's like he's definitely got some options here hmm that's for sure.
0: Um, so we're we're just going to quickly talk about a f- few things because we're going to finish up now. Uh, the Canada men's sevens uh, team finished with the consolation title in Paris. So congratulations to them. You know, it's been a very up and down roller coaster season between players going on strike and player coaches getting fired and budgets being cut. You know, they've kept trucking along the season. You know, they they've earned their spot on the circuit next year. Um, And now they got to focus on their Olympic qualifications that that come Mm -hmm. up in a few weeks. So good luck to them. And the women's sevens are also finishing up this weekend in France Uh, a little bit different of a, of a focus though, for them, however, is they're actually looking to qualify with a strong showing to the Olympics this weekend. So best of luck to the girls. They've been a consistent bright spot for uh, rugby Canada. So hopefully that they finish their year off strong and, not have to worry about any type of qualification process.
1: <clears throat> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, exactly. It's, uh, hopefully, sorry, what was your question again? I got distracted. I apologize. No,
0: no, I, I was just kind of talking about the sevens programs and one's finishing up and one's now, uh, One's now all finished up, uh uh with uh the women having their last tournament in the weekend. Um so it'll be it'll be something definitely to watch if you're if you're a rugby fan because they they play ver- they've been playing very well the last few tournaments.
1: Yeah, for uh yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh they are uh you know, yeah, they are getting a lot better. The uh the women's team obviously uh they're definitely gonna you know, go to the Olympics and everything. So uh, you know, it's an it's an exciting times. It's a fun time to watch and uh you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it all works out well.
0: Yes. Uh, well, thank you very much, Derek. Uh, thank you everyone for listening again. You can find our uh, podcast on Spotify, on Google podcasts and on, uh, anchor.fm. Uh, if you have any questions that you want us to answer, uh, make sure to reach out to us at on Twitter at LaRouge rugby. And, uh, thank you very much everyone for listening and enjoy this weekend of, uh, playoff rugby.